24 teams, 11 cities, 140 goals and one tiny car. These Euros have been great and today we celebrate our favourite moments. Welcome to It's All Euro 2020 to me. Charles and welcome back to the podcast of dreams. That's right. I'm here with my great friend Neil Edgerton Scott. How are you, Neil? No, oh, I'm a great friend today, am I? Yes, you are today. <laughs> today you're my great friend. Is that because, just because we've lost Danny? Yes, yeah, exactly. So you're the one that turned up. So therefore, you're my great friend. <laughs> I see how it works. I see how it works. <laughs> that's like uh, the that's I, like the where the at football when you get sort of clubman of the year award. Essentially, you just get it because you just turn up all the time. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what it. That's, that's what matters. Essentially, what I've just what got counts. Great. Yeah, you have. <laughs> yeah, we've lost Danny. Oh, although, we? although I say that you say that you turn up all the uh, time. Yeah, I've missed one, and now Danny's missed one. I feel like my influence has rubbed off on Danny. <laughs> I understand that he's currently naked in a hot tub. I believe he's not only naked in a hot tub, but also eating ice creams. So he's. <laughs> let's be honest. Who's in the best place right now? Probably Danny. I'd say that there's no probably about it, Neil. Both me and you, fully clothed and not in a hot tub. Well, you say we're both fully clothed, Charles, but um, (laughs) I imagine for Danny to eat an ice cream, it must be quite difficult with that beard. I know. I'd be quite worried about the grooming. Well, you don't want a sticky beard, do you? No. Sounds like a euphemism. I know it isn't, but it really did sound like it. It tickled me. Well, that's Just what like he's Danny's beard when he kisses me. <laughs> oh, it's a bit strange, this, isn't it? Because this is what? This is day three day of four without a football match to talk about. It, and it's. Has it been quite nice? I don't know. It's weird. Strange. I've, I've, I think, I've quite enjoyed it. Yeah, it has been nice. Don't get me wrong. It's been nice to not have the the stress, maybe, of going, oh, oh, it's nearly kickoff. I need yeah. to sit down and watch, you know, or anything. No, you know, not that it's been a chore watching the games. It's been a it's delight. hard life, isn't it? It's, uh, it's one of those things, though, where you, you don't want to miss it. So there's an element of a little bit of stress because you might need to finish something before you can sit down and watch the game. So it's that kind of stress. It's a pleasant stress rather than one that's uh, unpleasant. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this, Neil, but there we go. Feels Um, like down a dead end. (laughs) Yeah, it did, really. Arrived at a cul-de-sac. Much like Scotland's campaign. There we go. Poor old Scotland. Can we address the fact that apparently nobody wants us to win on Sunday apart from England fans. Well, it's, not really, it's not really a surprise, is it? Everyone hates us. We're like we're like the Millwall of national yeah, football. Are we really? I don't, they don't, they I, get I, us wrong, don't they? That's the problem. They get us wrong, and they think that we're all arrogant and 
we rub people up the wrong way. It's coming home rubs people up the wrong way. Our media. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it really is. is. We're just not very well liked, Charles. And if Eurovision hasn't helped prove that, then I don't know how else to <laughs> how else to make you realise. Yeah, that is true. And of course, Italy did win Eurovision this year. And I saw this stat to say that no country has ever won well, either won Eurovision and the Euros in the same year or got nil poids at the Eurovision and won Euro- the Euros in the same year. So history will be made. Well, there you go. There you go. I mean, uh, history's been made quite a lot in this tournament. I've enjoyed it. It's It's been a historical tournament in more ways oh, than one. It certainly has. Um, I mean, the plan is, is that we're going to actually go and look back at some of our most memorable moments. That was the... Is that a good idea without Danny? Because he's our researcher. (laughs) Well, that's it. That was our plan. And and it feels like the plan has kind of gone to the wall. However, there are a couple of things that I can remember off the top of my head that we've talked about. And I'm sure that there are going to be, as we go through this podcast, there's going to be moments that you're probably sat there listening to this podcast, screaming at us, how have you forgotten this? Well, how have you forgotten that? Well, we'll channel that anger in the right direction and send us an email. Euro2020 to me at gmail.com. Oh, we have tell had an email, Charles. Have we? Yeah. Oh, well, hang on a minute. I'll tell you what, we'll we'll come to that later on, because mainly because I've not got the jingle lined up. No, as soon as I've got the jingle lined up, yeah. we'll, we'll then go to the emails. But yeah, if there is a problem, if you do think we've missed something and you want to scream and shout at us, email us or follow us on Twitter, Euro2020 to me. Shout. Let it all out. Oh, brilliant. Yes. Um, Did you know, Neil, that there have been (laughs) 140 goals scored so far in this tournament? Is that right? 140. That is an average of 2.8 a match and one every 32 minutes. Oh, that's Eve. What a tournament it's been, hasn't it? If you look back, cast your eyes back to before it began. Well, not your well, eyes. I'm casting. That, that would make I'm no casting. sense. Cast your thoughts yeah. back to before it began. <laughs> Hang on a minute. My eyes are rolling in a very fast <laughs> motion to see if I can turn back time. <laughs> can you remember the opening game, Turkey v Italy? I remember. I oh, I remember Andrea Biocelli. Oh yes. I remember fireworks. Yeah. I remember Nesson Dorma. Of course, who doesn't? And I remember. The first appearance Go on. for the little tiny car. What a moment that was, wasn't it? <laughs> the, the social media, I think, as the the phrase the cool kids say, lost its shit. <laughs> Is that what the cool kids say? Brilliant. I, lo- I like the cool <laughs> I don't, kids. I don't, no, I'm not a cool kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it's obviously a marketing ploy from one of the sponsors of the tournament, but I mean, that's how you do a marketing campaign. Hey. Yeah, full-on respect to them for that. Absolutely. I mean, we're not going to mention the car manufacturer here, but, no. um, you know, it's you know if you're going to do something, do something that stands out. And I think that stood out really, really well. Although, if they really wanted to gain a little bit more traction, they'd have made it do a couple of donuts in the centre circle after delivering the match ball to the referee. While delivering donuts as well would be be quite cool talking of donuts have you had those those jaffa cake donuts i have not have you tried them i've tried them and And the verdict 
The verdict, Charles, is that my brain can't handle it. Ha! Is it a cake? Is it a biscuit? Is it a donut? It, exactly. What am I supposed to do with that? Too much information when I'm just trying to enjoy a taste sensation. I couldn't handle it. Have you tried the pineapple flavour Jaffa cakes? Same problem. Yeah, weird, isn't it? It's just that they're just not right. I, that's the only way I can put it, is that they're just not right. It's like cheesecake. I have the same problem with cheesecake. I, I don't. I can't get on with it because my little... Because it's not cheese? Yeah, because my little <laughs> tiny brain... <laughs> can't come to terms with the fact it's it's cheese cake and i know it's not cheese and cake but in my head mm. i should be like well surely this should be a cake with a bit of cheddar on top yeah it's not though no i mean technically i think there is cheese in it mascarpone yeah, yeah, the, maybe mascarpone great cheese joke mascarpone, great isn't cheese it? yeah absolutely give me your best cheese joke charles oh what's my best cheese joke um it's more of a visual thing. Do you remember when you oh, used to sort of... help on a podcast. No, it's not. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's terrible. Um, off the top of my head, I don't, I don't have one. Do you want me to give you a couple? I'd love you to. And tell me a couple of jokes. Hey. Um, <laughs> what's the best cheese? No, I've started that wrong. Oh, good. Good start to a joke. Started that it wrong. wrong. <laughs> it's, it's gone wrong. What? What's cheese... No, started it wrong again. <laughs> Neil it wrong tells again. jokes. <laughs> Welcome to the new, uh, the new <laughs> Neil's jokes where they never finish and he starts them completely wrong. <laughs> Here we go. What does a cheese say when they look in the mirror? Nice to brie you. Would be would be good. No, but hello me or hello me. Hello me. Oh, I like it. I like that one. Have you got another one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll find you another one. Um how does a cheese tell you that they want to be with you? Oh, I don't know. How does a cheese tell you it wants to be with you? Well, I'll tell you, Charles. Uh, I think you and I would look gouda together. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, back to the opening game. Uh, I'd forgotten. Italy won 3-0. They did. They did, yeah, they did. And if you remember, prediction-wise... Um, I think I'd gone for the turkey manager to have a meltdown and he, he completely let me down. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of accepted the defeat, didn't he? I mean, in fairness, Italy was so good, weren't they? And, and oh, it was... oh, oh, hey, I'm not Are sure. that game? No, I'm not sure we can get into that that Italy loving right, right at the moment, Charles. Oh, all right, fair enough. I'm too but nervous. I, all was, <laughs> fair enough. All I was going to say was that it was a, wasn't necessarily a surprise, but it was unexpected because the stereotypical Italian way of playing football was not on show. Uh, to win 3-0 was almost un-Italian of the Azuri. Oh, the Azuri. Hmm. Um, Nicknames there. There you go. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Um, mm. Who was up next? We had, there was Wales, Switzerland, Denmark, Finland, and Belgium, Russia, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, that was on the Saturday. And then it was us. Uh, and then it was us. Yes, it was. Do you remember? Uh, England. Do you remember the the days of three games a, the, the days of three games oh. a day? Oh, wasn't it bliss? Oh, it was like it was essentially like I imagine a little bit what like heaven may well be like. Yes. Unless, yeah, really unless heaven is a half pipe, in which case could be wrong, Charles. Could be wrong. 
Uh, yeah, that that one nil win over Croatia. I remember being really nervous about it, but at the same time, just so happy to be watching England in a major tournament again. I think we were all happy that England won, but we wanted to see a little bit more. I think, didn't we? Um, yeah, I mean, do you remember? Because this was the this was the big talking point, of course, wasn't it? Was that um, Southgate chose to field two right backs, uh, one of them playing at left back, Kieran yeah, Trippier. Trippier. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And yeah. of course, before the match, all of the you know noise, if you like, on social media and in the in in the um, you know newspapers and well the radio or whatever um, was all what a terrible decision that was, you know, why would, why on earth would you, would you choose this team? People, you know, weren't happy that Sterling started. People weren't happy that we were playing um, two central defensive midfielders in, in Rice and Phillips next to each other. Yep. And we go and win the game one nil. I, I, I can't really remember if it was comfortable. It was I wouldn't say it was comfortable. I mean, it was, it, it wasn't uncomfortable either of that. That probably doesn't make much sense, does it? Mm. But it was kind of just what I would call it functional. Functional, yeah. yeah. Obviously, the day before we'd had the the Ericsson scenario and situation, of hadn't course. We? So it was a very weird feeling at that time, wasn't it, for everybody? Yeah, I, I think we kind of felt a little bit like, oh, should this be continuing? Should we be? Are we allowed to sort of enjoy it? Because I, I know that that sounds daft, but. When you when you witness something that is so traumatic, you do kind of think. I, I remember Danny specifically actually saying that he didn't think that the tournament should be continuing. I don't know whether he said it on the pod or whether it was just, you know, um, in a WhatsApp conversation with the with the two of us. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of people questioning that and obviously there was a lot of questions were asked wasn't it about the fact that the game had been restarted and and played to the conclusion with Finland ending up winning 1-0 um but in a way it's I think as, as horrible as this might sound I don't mean it to sound horrible but in a way it was maybe a good thing that it happened so early on yeah I understand what you I think it would have been you know look the the, the outcome, albeit it was a horrible situation and a horrible thing for us, everybody to have to witness, you know, mm. even from afar, let alone being in the stadium or on the, on the blinking pitch. Um, hmm. It, the outcome thankfully is not, not too bad, is it by all accounts? I mean, obviously yeah. it's, it's still not great, of course, but um, the, the, the outcome could have gone a very different way, which I think would have impacted the tournament a lot more and whether it would have continued if, you know, if the worst had happened, who knows? So I think, you know, blessings that mm. that it was a positive outcome for Ericsson, I think. Um, that's great stuff, isn't it? But I think it, you know, it had a bit of a, I wouldn't say a, a cloud, because that makes it, that's probably the wrong term, but you know what I mean? It definitely had an impact on on the next couple of days of the tournament, I think. It was, mm. and, 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 and maybe that is something that affected, you know, those those few games, because, you know, tough to play, right? If Especially footballers in a lot of the squads would have, played with Ericsson or will be close with him and know him and, and stuff. So it would must have had an impact for a, for a day or two. Oh, of course. I mean, that's, 
That's it, isn't it? I mean, I'm I'm looking here. I mean, Denmark lost that first game. They also lost their second game, of course, um, against Belgium, 2-1. I mean, at that point, you wouldn't have expected Denmark to have made the semi-finals. I mean, they did fantastically to get so far, especially after what had happened to, to Ericsson. Just a tremendous effort from their whole you know, not just as players, but the whole team, management, coaches, the works. Um, but that's, I, I will say one thing is that Denmark are not a bad side. No, 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 no. They're, 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 they're a decent enough outfit, aren't they? Yeah. And I think one of the things that this, the Euros does, just the same as I suppose Copa America does, or the Copper America, I should say it properly, um, is that because there's there's less teams because you're taking from a, you know, teams from a smaller area. So it's not just like the World Cup where it's the whole world. Because you're taking teams from a smaller area, i.e. Europe or South America for the copper, um, you're therefore getting more teams in the mix that you don't normally necessarily see. So the likes of North Macedonia, uh, Slovakia, maybe. Um Denmark did Denmark with Denmark at, at the World Cup um in 2018 I can't remember um but you get those te- I mean Scotland definitely weren't there's one um you get those teams who you don't normally get to see and then actually it turns out that sometimes some of those teams aren't actually as bad as you think about that they should be based on the fact that maybe they don't make it to a World Cup, which is obviously a much more difficult competition to reach the actual tournament because you're, you know, there's less positions essentially available for you to go. I know the World Cup's 32 teams, isn't there, in total? But because you're taking them, 32 teams from the whole world, there's less places up for grabs from European sides than there is in the Euros. So, you know, there were 24 obviously teams in this Euros, you're not going to get 24 European nations at the World Cup because that doesn't leave you with very many to come from elsewhere in the world. Well, you you know the, the next World Cup next year mm. is in Qatar. Yep, Qatar, uh, yeah. Qatar, yeah, 32 teams. That's the last time it'll be 32 teams. It jumps up to 48 teams after that. Fucking hell, 48? Yeah. 48, yeah. How long's that going on for? <laughs> a couple of months, I imagine. I don't really? know. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. So the the next one, which I think is in North America, Canada and America are sharing it. I think um, right. It, forty-eight teams. Forty-eight. Which they're all going to be franchises, though. <laughs> <laughs> all be based in a different, you know, uh, Red Bull what, Australia. City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the the oh, what would it be? The England Lions, the Gatorade. The Gatorade USA. Um, <laughs> yeah, 48 teams seems a bit ridiculous. I, I'll tell you what, I, I know what you're saying. I, I don't like the fact. I mean, I, I like the fact that Denmark did well in this tournament because of what happened. Mm. I don't like the fact that you can lose two of your group games and still qualify. To me, it doesn't doesn't sit quite right. Yeah, I I think as well, it, it, obviously go back to the last Euros in 2016, Portugal, what did they drew? Drew. Speaking of which, <laughs> did they draw all three of their group games and yeah. they made it through and obviously went on to win it? I mean, tell that's you. not great, is it, really? I just they... think... 
I'm looking at the wrong the wrong one. I'm pretty sure I'm right, Neil. I, I, I don't think you need to necessarily. Uh, we've up. always got to check this, back, though, Charles. You know, yeah, back, you could back me. You could just back me. I know Danny's not here, but you mm. could back me. Should I? No, probably not. No. Should I do? <laughs> should I do that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I mean, do you think because this uh, 24 teams? In the Euros, uh, there were in 2016 You as are well. right, Charles. Well done. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Knew I had you um, back in. Yeah, of course. Of course you did. <laughs> uh, um, 24, do you think it's too many when you've got the likes of, well, North Macedonia, Scotland, who else went out of the... Uh, it's you know, it, it's that age-old argument, isn't it? It is that age-old argument of... You, you don't essentially you don't really want any cannon fodder in there, which, by the way, was also a great game on the Amiga Five Hundred. Um, <laughs> but you don't want any cannon fodder in there because it kind of takes away from the spectacle a little bit. But mm. then, on the flip side to that, it's great for these relative minnows to reach a major tournament and to experience it, and it could inspire a whole new generation of footballers in that country to and you know to help improve them and stuff. So. I don't know. Um, that is true. And I think also the experience of playing at a major na- international tournament, they'll be better for it, won't they? They'll be more, uh, you know, prepared for that the next time it, it happens. And, you know, hopefully it does for a lot of those sides like Finland, for example. You know, you, you kind of want this experience to have helped them kick on. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's difficult because I mean, I worry the same about the World Cup, and it you lobbing. I mean, it's already quite often. There's a couple. There is a couple of teams in the World Cup that oh, are, Panama last time out. Yeah, do you know thrashed what, them. Yeah, and like, I know we didn't thrash them when they were in it, but Trinidad and Tobago made it, didn't they, and stuff. So you do yeah. get get a couple of teams that you think, oh, well, I mean, they're obviously not going to do anything or anything, and you're going to expand that by another sixteen odd teams. Then it's. I mean, where are those teams coming from? Well, that's it, isn't it? Because are they just opening it up to more, so you get more European countries going into it and you get more South American countries into it? I mean, or are they coming from, oh, I suppose I, I say that, that's probably definitely going to be true, isn't it? But I, I was kind of thinking about, well, there's a lot of areas of the world that aren't really touched by FIFA. And no. I think, you know, you've got um, the book. Oh, have you ever read it? Is it Paul Paul Watson's book about, uh, it's called Up Pompeii, uh, where he goes and manages a very small island team called Pompeii, uh, which is in Micronesia. Yep. And, yeah, they're, they're not in... The FIFA in in FIFA, they're not, I don't know, they're not recognised by FIFA for whatever reason. So there's their there's there's the non FIFA World Cup. I can't remember what it's called, but there is a different World Cup. I think it was played a couple of years ago in England, and it was, I seem to remember, a couple of games were played at Craven Cottage. I, I can um, tell you where the extra teams are coming from from the World Cup, if you'd like to know. Oh yes, do. Uh, it's the Kanifa World Football Cup. That I'm oh yeah, yeah. And thinking oh yeah. About. There you go. I've yeah. heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Um, so you've got the AFC, which is the Asian Football Confederation. 
Yep. I um, thought that was like the uh, AFC of NFL then for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were on the, a wind up. The <laughs> NFC, which is, is owned by the San Francisco 49ers. Um, <laughs> uh, so the AFC, which is the Asian um, FA yep. football area, basically. So they originally, according to this, before 2026, they had four and a half spaces. I don't know how you get a half space, but they have four and a half spaces. Uh, whereas now they'll have eight spaces. Do Australia and New Zealand qualify through that area? Uh, so, no. The Well, I'm not... No. I've got a feeling that so the, Australia usually play off against a team from Asia. So the OFC, which is the Oceania Football Confederation, uh, right. says consists of New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, and several Pacific Island countries. It doesn't actually mention yeah. Australia, but I would, oh. assume, I would assume so. Um, okay. They originally had half a space, so I think they now have one full space, which... I guarantee you then, in that case, you know, the half space that's Asia... Into the playoffs, is it? Australia are the, are the half. That's why there's a half. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so, I mean, essentially, each area has got a little bump up. So, CAF, okay. which is Af- the um, African side of things, they had five, they've now got yeah. nine. Con- Conquer CAF... Um, have gone, yes. have gone from three and a half to six. Conmebol, which is America, gone from yeah. 4.5 to six. UEFA has gone from 13 to 16, so an extra three for wow. Europe, Europe spaces. Okay. Um, and there you go. And actually, interestingly, that the same amount of games will, will somehow still be played uh, in this magical what? mystery How? tour of the World Cup. Um, More uh, groups. More groups and uh, each group. So um, there'll be 16 groups of three teams. Right. So I presume that only the winner of each group goes through? No, top two teams progress into oh, the knockout. Yeah, so that's the last 32, then the last 16. Yeah, so the number of games okay. played by finalists still remains at seven. Each team, basically, okay. essentially, there's one less group game for every team. That's how they play yeah. it, just with smaller okay. groups. So anyway... That's some way off, Charles. But um, just to clarify, yeah. it's actually being held between uh, Canada, the US, and Mexico. So it's a three-way. Oh, oh. we so all like a three-way on this right podcast. At the moment. Hey, Do you want this email, Charles? Oh, I tell you what, I do. Let's empty the sack. Let's empty the sack. Here's a mailbag. Oh, beautiful isn't that beautiful what a lovely little ditty um so we've got one coming from jerry who hi jerry hi jerry uh signs himself off as an expat from france um, oh well okay so there you go um hello lads been listening daily to your podcast shenanigans and i must say what a tremendous listen it is oh, it's very kind oh. jerry oh very kind yeah my morning routine consists of tending to the cows and other animals on the farm whilst guffawing to your ridiculousness <laughs> Nice. Brilliant. Brilliant. I wonder what the cows are saying about yeah. it. <laughs> well, imagine it's kind of a... <laughs> um, oh, this is brilliant. I've just read the next line. Um, I've even decided to call my combine harvester Pele. Oh. <laughs> brilliant. I bet it's a right shagger. <laughs> uh, uh, keep up the great work, and I'd hope to hear some news of you continuing to do an It's All Football to Me podcast, question mark. Oh. Um, Oh, we have to watch this space, Jerry, but thank you very much. Watch it, or indeed, listen to it. Yeah, listen to uh, it. I've got some tweets. 
off the back of um, any any fleets uh no no fleets no fleets no no i'm afraid not um so lovely bit of uh tweet action Mm -hmm. shall we say to action um at bristolian one en or bristol anglin Maybe is how you say it. I <laughs> don't know. Good. That's gone well, Charles. That has gone well. Uh, he <laughs> says, great pod, guys. Even funnier than previous ones. I was laughing most of the way to work. That was um well, that was a couple of days ago. So it must have been our uh, our our you know, England are in the final ecstasy podcast. Yes, I assume it was our chaotic mess. Yes, uh, <laughs> that's one way to describe it for sure. Um, what else did we have on there? Oh, we had um, so at the Stew Bailey Stew Pot mm-hmm. sent us uh, this picture asking, "Is this conspiracy or fate?" You know, pictures so, don't help on a podcast, right? No, I'm going to describe it. Don't Ooh, worry. It's a list of names. It's a list of names. Are you ready? Oh, I am ready, Charles. Yes, Jordan Pickford. Yep, here and Trippier. Yep. John Stones. Yeah. Dominic Calvert Lewin. Yeah. Yeah. Phil Foden. Mm-hmm. Tyrone Mings. Yeah. Calvin Phillips. Yeah. Yeah. Harry Kane. Oh. Jack Grealish. Oh. Yeah. Jordan Henderson. Marcus Rashford. Mason Mount. And Raheem Sterling. Yeah. Yeah. Now they've all been lined up in a certain way so that if you take out one letter from each name, what do you think it spells? Uh, I'll tell you. That finger I'll in. tell you. No, it, 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 no, there's not enough there, is there? Quite clearly. <laughs> Quite clearly. Uh, it spells out, it's coming home. Oh, there you go. Look. That's nice. Fate. Fate. Is, is it fate, really? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> there it, you go. There you go. yes, it uh, is. Tim Smith on Twitter. Um, he said in, in, in regards to the carnage episode, um, he said it was tremendous. I part expected Neil to fall asleep when he'd said he'd had to lie down. <laughs> we all did, Tim, especially me. It's, uh, that's why I only lay down for a very brief moment, Tim. Otherwise I would have fallen asleep and who knows what the dog would have ended up drinking. Indeed. Colin Bridger, not happy that he didn't win the water bottle. Well, that's because he tried to use charity. And we're all for charity, but not to try and sneak a prize. Uh, he says, absolute travesty. Where's podcast VAR when you need it? I'm off to find another Pele-themed podcast to peddle my embellished stories on. <laughs> uh, absolutely fabulous. He wants to know um, which bits of his stories were made up. So um, shall I refresh your memory? Uh Yes. So, um, the first one here was, um, he was talking about the lack of Ronnie Whelan stories and that, uh, there was a sponsor's launch in Dublin a couple of months before World Cup 94, that Pele was watching some video fo- footage of classic goals and, uh, and then up popped Ronnie Williams, Ronnie Williams, Whelan's crikey. <laughs> Ronnie who? Ronnie, <laughs> Ronnie Whelan. Uh, acrobatic stunner against the USSR at 88. Uh, the great Brazilian's reaction was an appreciative ooh, but then he did see it from the best angle. Um, so there was that one. Do you think that that actually so, happened? Rather sadly, I know that is actually true. <laughs> yes, that, that bit was definitely true, which is lovely. Uh, the other thing that he talked about was his story about 
Oh, um, Brazil staying uh, in Lim in a hotel. And there in 1966 for the World Cup. And Pele complaining that the noise of the trains on the nearby, tra- nearby train line kept him awake each night. True or false? Do you think um, that was made up? Or I will, I'll go with true. I know they did stay in Lim, so I'll go yeah. with true. Uh, it's false, unfortunately. Ooh, ooh, the the bit about them staying in Lim was true. The rest of it, made up codswallop. No, oh, but, but very believable. Very believable. Very believable. Uh, and then there was a thing about um, Colin asking barmaid stuff. Well, no barmaid has ever talked to Colin in his life. Uh, I can grant you that. Oh, yeah, so we'd all have that spotted that one. Untrue. We'd spotted that one as untrue. A mile away, a mile away. Uh, yeah, so do keep your, your emails and your tweets and any other correspondence uh, coming into us. Remember, it's at Euro 2020 to me on Twitter or Euro 2020 to me at gmail.com. You know what I want, Charles? I think I do know what you want. Well, no, before, yeah, you... before that, what I want, I'd like to hear oh. from people on what their superstitions now are for the England game. So as an example, and I know we're going to come on to a sensual fact by Fact Man Wes, mm. he has a lucky chair in his house, which he essentially refuses now. That's where he's watching the game from. Uh, Marvellous. I would like to know what other people's things are. Are they wearing the same stuff for Sunday? Are they going to be, I don't know, um, watching it with the same people, having the same thing to eat? Whatever it may be, I, I want to know. Bringing back fingering with the same person. Oh, oh yeah, well, if that's if that's what's maybe. been working so far, then great. Maybe, maybe. Uh, let's get a fact, shall we? Yes. Fact man Wes is here to impress. He will redress your hunger for factfulness. Day 30's fact, and the uh, England-Italy game scaring me, so I've looked at some generic facts. Um, so... The most amount of goals scored in the game was between uh, France and Yugoslavia on the 6th of July 1960, which was the first game ever played at the Euros. Uh, it was 5-4 to Yugoslavia. Um, yeah, and yeah, started me to go on, I suppose. The um, the nearest one to it, though, happened this year, which was uh, Spain versus Croatia, which you may remember ended 5-3 to Spain after extra time. And uh, there's been a few sevens in games. Uh, 2000 had a couple, um, which involved Yugoslavia twice, actually. They lost 6-1 to, to the Netherlands and uh, then lost 3-4 to Spain, uh, which is quite interesting. But yeah, the other one is France versus Iceland. Uh, in the previous tournament, uh, they won, France won 5-2 in that one. There's some high-scoring games for you. Love a high-scoring game. My favourite type. My favourite type of game, Charles. What do we normally call it? I mean, I feel like Wes has missed the trick here. He has missed an absolute. He's missed an open goal, hasn't he? He has. He's in a Ronnie Rosen title. Ding dong, 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 ding dong. Oh, there we go. That's a challenge to Wes for his for his fact for the next episode. Ooh. Get some ding dong in there. Can you get a ding dong in? Show us your ding dong. Oh, Wes, get your ding dong out. Come on, Wes, get that ding dong oh, out. Brilliant. Um, I've got some stats for you here, Ooh. Neil, from Ooh. over the tournament. Ooh. Are they verified? So they are verified. They are from the official UEFA.com website. Interesting. Good. Yeah. Um, the most goals scored by a country this time around. So far, I will add, because obviously there is one game left. Uh, Spain scored 13. 
which considering how everybody was writing them off as not being able to do anything, is quite impressive. I think it was us, actually, wasn't it? <laughs> By everyone, I meant us. Yeah, yes, we, were, right. yeah, we yeah. were like, well, yeah, yeah, they don't look the same Spain. They don't know they've got goals in them or anything like that. But how are we faring in the goal tally? We must be what? How many have we got? Oh, we've, we've got, got 10. 10. Our um, opponents on Sunday have 12, as long, along with, I should say, Denmark, who also have scored 12. But obviously, Denmark can't score anymore because uh, we knocked them out. Hey, goodbye, my lover. <laughs> um, Spain top the ranks for possession, as you would expect. What? And for passing accuracy. And also for total attempts on goal, which was 111. So really, should be Spain we, in the final, going by we, stats. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to talk about who comes second in a lot of those. Who, um, well, why you say that, but the possession one. Germany were second, Italy are down mm-hmm. in eight, eighth. We're even we're ahead of Italy. Yeah, that is true. But passing accuracy. Oh yeah, no, sorry. Uh, total attempts. Italy are second on 108, and we've only had 58. Yeah, I mean Italy. By the way, offside 23 times. Oh really? Yeah. That's amazing that which, you've uh, found that stat, which I believe is the highest in the tournament by some distance. I may add. Houses. So yeah. uh, all we've got to do then, lads, high line. Thanks very much. Yep. Uh, clean sheets. We all know the answer to this one, don't we? Jordan Pickford. Yep, Pickers. Pickers on on the defending side of things as well. I know. I'm. I'm I've gone. I've gone deep down into these stats, Charles. You've excited. You've excited me by it. Deep um, down. Deep down. Deep deep down. So Italy have made. Down down. down <laughs> it's a great song. Down down. Yeah. Italy have have made 74 tackles. Oh. England, 53. Oh, right. However, Italy have only won 21 of those tackles. England have won 33 of 53 tackles. Therefore, Italy have lost 53 tackles. So we've got a much better tackling percentage, you would say. Our tackling is is on point, some might say. On point tackling. On point. I like that. On point. Distribution. Um, Do you want to know anything about distribution? I'd, I'd love some distribution stats. Is Does any of it include Jordan Pickford giving it away by rolling it to an attacker? It, it does not. Uh, <laughs> it, it does not. But however, our... Actually, it's very similar. Our passing accuracy is pretty much 88% and, and Italy's is 86.5%. Hmm. Pretty similar team. It's going to be... It's an interesting matchup, actually, isn't it? Although... No, I was looking at the wrong team. Yeah, very similar across the board for almost everything. Yeah, I, I, I do think that it is going to... I mean, we'll talk about it more, obviously, tomorrow. But I do think it's going to be a really good final. I'm not saying any more on it. That's it. I think it is two very good teams, and I think it'll be a good, good final. Um, let me take you back to a couple of the other stats that I wanted to... Um, Go on, stat me up. Have a, ...have a look at... Um, I wanted to go with this one, if I if I can find it. Oh, good one. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, it's a good fact, right? Um, so we all know that uh, currently the top scorers are both Ronaldo and Patrick Schick with five. Yeah, yeah. Um, Harry Kane has four, so only needs one more to share that golden boot. Um, assists, Luke Shaw has three. One behind Zuba of Switzerland. Um Normal sort of stats so far, aren't they? Goals and assists. That's what you kind of expect from player stats, isn't it, Neil? 
Yes, yes, exactly what I'd expect. And also, uh, distance covered, this is in kilometres. You often get that stat being thrown out, don't you, by Sky Sports uh, during the Premier League season. Well, Pedri leads the way with a total of 76.1 kilometres covered. Well, that's far. In third, well, in second place, it's Jorginho of Italy with 72.3. And then in third place, it's Calvin Phillips with 67.3. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Um, anyway, I just want to draw your attention to a couple. So we'll go to, first of all, passing accuracy. Go on, yeah. Well, it's, okay, yeah, go on. Passing accuracy in percentage. The current, and I believe probably the winner of this accolade, uh, has 99% passing accuracy. What an amazing player that must be, would you he, not think? Oh, he must be a very talented Spanish midfielder or something like that, mustn't he? You, you would think that, wouldn't you? You would expect you would definitely it. believe that to be the case. But can I just point you in the direction of Reese James? Reese James? Reese James. <laughs> He's played what? Maybe. He's played one game, hasn't he? Yeah. Did he play a whole game? Uh, I don't know, but. He's he's played in a game, yeah. I think he did. Whether he came off or not, I don't know. But he's played one game, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. that's there it. You go. Oh, I can see it now. I've got yeah, I've got. I see. Yeah. So for me, he's not the real winner. He's played one game, and I do find it uh, defensive stats, i.e., defense passing accuracy, is mm. is always a little bit clouded for me because essentially a lot of the time they are just knocking it to the defensive midfielder or to to the side to them, aren't they, a lot of the time. So yeah. you should be completing those ones. So I'd be more interested in who the, the leading midfielders are. Mm, I agree with you on that one. Because um, if you look at them, I mean, the Spanish goalkeeper, Unai Simone, or Simon, or however you want to pronounce it. He's Simone. Got, Simone. Yeah. He's got an accuracy of 95%. And Brilliant. It, yeah. Brilliant. I don't like it. I don't like that one. No. Next. Silly, that me, that one, give me a different it? one. Well, here's, here's a different one for you. Um, one that is a bit unexpected. Top speed. Oh. In other words, fastest player at the Euros. Top speed. <laughs> a top speed. Um, it's a Bugatti Veyron. Oh, no, sorry. It's uh, it- Italy's Spinazzola. Oh. Yes, Spinazzola. Unfortunately, he won't be able to go any faster, will he? No, he won't. Hey! Uh, yeah. Look, look, who's, look who's uh second. Or well, joint first, I think they've got him. Joint yeah, first. Yeah, joint first. He was in my he was in my Panini Five Aside team. That's right, Nigo of Hungary. Yes, well done, Neil. Yes, and then uh, Marcus Rashford is down in uh, joint fifth, uh, tied with 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 Daniel James, his Man United clubmate of Wales. Does it have? There you go. It does. It does have. So I was oh. just I was trying to see if it's got. <laughs> I've gone the other way. The oh. slowest. The slowest. Essentially, the slowest. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Um, uh, well, if you scroll past the goalkeepers, because that feels a bit unfair, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, someone that's played a fair bit, at least. Look, there we go. Keep scrolling, scrolling, scrolling on, as Limp Biscuit once said. Uh, can you count him? So, probably the, the one I would give it to is probably Kruvertsvov, uh, Ukrainian defender. Yeah, 20, I'd probably give it to him as well, yeah. 20, 22.1. <laughs> oh, Which him. actually doesn't seem that slow at all, does it? No. Uh, the final um, one here, uh, the, I love this stat. I think this stat is brilliant. It's the amount of times, um, or the amount of balls, sorry, that have been recovered 
by Ooh. a player. Now, what I really want this to be is how many times that the player had to go round to next door to ask for their ball back after <laughs> over the garden fence. Excuse uh, me. <laughs> so uh, a kanji of Switzerland has recovered 46 balls oh, from wow. his neighbour. Wow, well done. Uh, Ukraine's Matvienko, 44. Italy's Jorginho, 40. Uh, I'll, I'll get I'll get this wrong in terms of uh, how I say it, so I apologise immediately to any Denmark fans out there. Uh, Kajar, thirty nine. Yep. Jar, Jar, Jar. Uh, like, a, like, a, like a battle cry that one, yeah. isn't it? Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'd just like to point out that Kyle Walker um, is in sixth place with thirty seven. The one thing that I will say though with these, so you say balls recovered, that's that's fine, but if you're a team. Like Spain. So Spain do not feature at all anywhere in the top 10. It's because they've always got the ball. Because they've always got the ball, exactly. They do don't you need see... to recover it because they never let it go. The, the Kyle Walker theme, right? So I was just clicked onto it. Now you've been talking yes. about it. So yeah, mm. he's recovered the ball 37 times. According to the stats, yeah. he's, made, he's made no tackles. Nope. Tackles, zero. Tackles, one, zero. Tackles, lost, zero. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, I'm pretty sure he must have made a tackle. He's definitely, he's definitely made I mean... No player has dribbled past Kyle Walker all tournament. Unless it's counting an actual... I mean, he must have made a tackle. He's, he's definitely made a full That's got to be a mistake, right? I'm sure he's had a yellow card as well, hasn't he? He must have made a tackle. <laughs> I'm sure he's been booked. Hang on a minute. Yeah. Oh, no, he's not. I'm wrong. Right, unless this isn't up to date. But, I mean, it should be, shouldn't it? It's the same for Paul Torres from Spain. 28 recoveries, zero tackles. Don't believe it. Don't must, believe it. Must be a glitch it. in the system. Absolutely. Well, talking of glitches, um, Neil's here. Uh, oh, hello. <laughs> I love you. Um, that's it for today's episode. Thank you very much for uh, indulging in our, um, well, in our crazy try and cope without Danny. We ways. had we had no structure. Uh, we should flag that Danny has control, really, of the email inbox. Um, mm-hmm. So we had one that came through. It wasn't at, that from Jerry. It wasn't actually an email, was it? It was a um, direct message on Twitter. Um, so we don't have any proper listener feedback tonight because Danny's in control of that. And usually Danny also does the little bit of mild research we do and on mm. our on our planning document, he, on, right. on the tab that says talking points, Danny usually adds stuff. All we managed to add, well, I say I say we all Charles managed to add, was tiny car, fans enjoyed themselves. That's, that's <laughs> where we got to, wasn't it? It was, it was. <laughs> Come back, yeah. Danny, get out of the hot tub. <laughs> Get out of that hot tub and get back on the pod. Come on. <laughs> He'll be back tomorrow. So will we. Guess what we're doing tomorrow, Neil? Uh, hot tub time machine? Uh, oh, no. Um, tomorrow, what day is tomorrow? Uh, it's, it's Sunday tomorrow. Oh, It is Sunday tomorrow. Oh, oh no. Have you realised? Oh, Have you realised what we're doing? Try not to think about it, Charles. Oh, we're going to get nervous and excited and we're just essentially going to play World in Motion over and over and over and over again. Until it's eight o'clock. Until then, we'll see you. Goodbye. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey.